Now, uh, what I'm going to do today, uh, of course, I will uh, address to some of these questions. Uh, hopefully, I haven't got a chance to see, to read everything. Uh, but uh, as we're going along, reviewing last times, um, different points, and also we'll go into uh, um, new guidelines or principles, how we can help to avoid the sexual temptation, then uh, we will... Um, hopefully we'll fit in some of these questions there and then uh, if not then uh, afterward then we will uh, kind of answer these questions okay okay now uh, how about before that let's uh, start with a word of prayer okay Father thank you again it's just wonderful to have brothers and sisters sitting together and the fellowshipping and chatting uh, talking about um, some of the things that we seldom talk about um, in uh, a holistic manner. And Father, we just pray that as we um, discuss the topic of uh, Christian view on sex and how we can practically apply it in our individual lives, Father, help us to open up our mind, open up our heart, to really accept the principle that is set in the Bible and uh, also help us find ways um, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of the Bible to guard our body uh, as holy uh, and present ourselves as acceptable to you. And Father, thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I will very fast go through what we have gone through last time. Um, one thing is, is, it's not comfortable to talk about uh, sex. Uh, quite often we talk about sex in... Uh, kind of sneaky ways uh, as we're growing up uh, in school uh, with friends uh, and then we kind of uh, sneak and laugh and, uh, and because it's, it's kind of uncomfortable to talk like at church uh, talk with your parents um, and that's why uh, this workshop may contain discussion that you know, some members may find uncomfortable um, because we seldom talk about it openly uh, but I think it's healthy because this is what um, God has created and uh, the Bible has also um, very clear principle about the benefit of sex and how to avoid falling into sexual and, uh, sexual and temptation. And then uh, we talk about like when did we first learn about sex and some sets in school, some set uh, like through friends or books, pornography, uh, TV shows, uh, various sources. And then the, we talk about like the Chinese culture. We seldom talk about sex. Uh, and then we look at it as taboo. And then the Western culture is very open, uh, especially when we hear all the MTV, um, the internet and everything, especially within the past 10 years or so. It's just the industry just... Um, when like uh, exponentially or rocket high um, in the past it's kind of still sneaky sneaky you go into a drugstore you go into 7-eleven uh, like uh, in the aisle then you flip on the pornography and people walking by then you kind of feel embarrassed you know those kind of things but right now uh, when we get into pornography nobody knows because we can do it like uh, at home in our bedroom with a uh, like a um, trigger of our finger, then we can go anywhere you want and look at whatever you want. And then the bicultural you and sex, especially as a Christian, 
we know that certain things are not right. But yet, there's the temptation out there. Then how do we balance uh, not just the Chinese culture, but also the Christian subculture uh, together with um, the sexual temptation that is out there? Uh, we'll talk about the purpose of sex, and of course, this reproduction, because the Bible tells us that um, we need to be fruitful and increase in number. That's the very first thing that God wants Adam and Eve to do. Um, but yet, when we talk about sex is for enjoyment, uh, a lot of people know that, but it doesn't link uh, with their mind, because like they, they always think, oh, sex is like something dirty, or you know, we're not supposed to talk about, or we have to do it in a sneaky way. But God created it for us to enjoy it. That's why there are uh, various scriptures that talk about like even physical body. Um, that we enjoy our wife, rejoice in the wife of your youth, and then um, we talk about like even in the Song of Songs, talk about how beautiful the legs and then the body part, the navel, uh, the waist, and then the, the breast, and um, they talk about the stature is like that of a palm, and the breast is like cluster of fruits, and I said I will climb the palm tree, meaning that I climb up your stature, I climb up your body, I will take hold of its fruits, that is the breast. And then they say, oh, you know, it's like oh, um, all these bad images that we have, we've seen before, just uh, came right in, you know that, oh, you know, I, I'm reading the Bible, I should not have those images. But it's kind of weird because... Um, once we fall into the trap, once we've seen something, and once it's in the memory, even at church, even talking to your advisors, talking to your sisters, then you know sometimes you cannot help this image to come in. Um, but yet, God created it, um, sex for enjoyment within marriage. Uh, also, sex is for intimacy. That's why uh, the two shall become one flesh. And also... Um, Talk about having sex is Adam knew his wife, Eve, uh, that intimacy. Uh, but also we talk about sex as not the purpose of creating sex for release, but somehow having sex uh, has an effect, a benefit of releasing the sexual pressure, or the tension that we have. And that's why um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says, It is good for a man not to marry. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I think this will be a, a good place to uh, answer a couple of these questions. Uh, one of them is like about masturbation, meaning self-entertaining sex. Um, you just DIY, do it yourself. Um, and because like there are various discussion about you know masturbation, and uh, there are different surveys, uh, studies saying that well you know uh, among guys probably around ninety three percent of the guys involved or once involved in masturbation, uh, but um, there was a joke saying that actually ninety nine percent of the guys were involved in masturbation, uh, and the other one percent is liar. Um, so. Because it's, it's uh, uh, very tempting, it's also um, very gratifying in a sense. Um, but 
you know, like then there are different camps. One camp is saying that well, masturbation is good because it releases your sexual tension uh, instead of doing something bad, like go rape a person or having uh, premarital sex with a person. Then just DIY and then uh, do it yourself, and you are not hurting anyone. Um, so it's healthy. You know, on one camp it says you know it's, it's okay to do it, but as Christian we uh, often say you know you know whether. Uh, is right or not because it seems guilty. We all, all have that guilt inside. And that's why there are some Christian counselors trying to say, well, you know, actually it's not good. Uh, it's not bad because the Bible, first, I never talk about uh, masturbation. Uh, it talk about fornication. It talk, talk about immorality. talk about adultery. Uh, and then uh, I think Gordon has mentioned, oh, how about uh, omnism? Yeah, and then what is omnism? Uh, actually, uh, if you look at the Bible, somebody, somebody said, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, masturbation is bad; it's cursed by God." Because you know, then they cite a passage, and the passage is from um, Genesis chapter thirty-eight. It talks about Judah, uh, and then the like um, one of the the twelve, you know, like. Um, of Jacob, of Israel, in you know, Judah. And uh, what happened was um, uh, Judah has a few sons, and then the son died, and then the daughter uh, married the next son, and so on and so forth. Uh, but what happened was, um, okay, I, I read you verse 6, okay, um, of chapter 38 of uh, Genesis. Uh, it says, Judah got a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death. So this first son died. Then Judah said to uh, Onan, O-N-A-N, Lie with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to produce offspring for your brother. Because in the Jewish law, if your brother died, then you're supposed to um, keep like uh, to have sex with your sister-in-law in order to keep his line going so that uh, your sister-in-law will have a boy or, or have a baby. Then the baby will name after the line or the bloodline of your brother. And that's the, um, there's nothing immoral about that in the Jewish tradition. Uh, but what happened was, um, but Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So, whenever he lay with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from producing offspring for his brother. What he did was wicked in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death also. So, like, uh, people will say, okay, this is onanism, uh, because, like, you know, he spilled his semen uh, on the ground, and that's why God cursed him. That's why God cursed masturbation. Um, but in this situation, um, Onim is was not masturbating. Uh, if you put it in the explicit way, it's called early um, withdrawal. That means having sex, but before he have ejaculation, then he withdraw, and then the, that's why that's he spilled his semen on the ground. And God cursed him not because of the act of spilling his semen, but the uh, his the way the wicked way that he was thinking I'm not going to like uh, help my brother to keep his bloodline that's why he was cursed so um, then 
it's inconclusive. You know, the Bible did not say anything about masturbation and onanism. It's not, um, it's not masturbation. It's early withdrawal. Then, um, what do we think about this? And I've read like different things about uh, masturbation, and uh, some will say, well, psychologically, uh, physiologically, uh, it's, it's, it's healthy. Uh, I'm not talking about the health issue. Like, if you say having sex with your girlfriend before marriage, is it healthy to release the tension? Well, it's not unhealthy. Uh, in a sense, physically. Uh, so, uh, as we're talking about moral guidance, uh, we're talking about morality, about spirituality. Uh, is it right rather than whether it's, it's healthy? Okay, I think God is very fair in releasing tension or sexual tension, especially for guys, because um, guys ex- experience wet dream. That's called eternal emission. Is it eternal? Nocturnal emission, yeah. And then the wet dream meaning that your sexual tension is built up a certain, to a certain extent, and some people explain it as like uh, a cup under the tap, um, and then if the tap is keep on turning on, and then when the cup is full, it overflows, and then that's um, what it is. And then through the wet dream, then you release some of the sexual tension. Um, then what about uh, masturbation? It, it works too. But the thing is, uh, it's not the act of releasing your sexual tension through masturbation, but it's this, what you're thinking or what you are looking during the whole process. Uh, I've read a, a Christian writer. He said, well, you know, physically, this, uh, um, spirit, this is neutral. Spiritually, that's, that's not pros and cons. As long as you don't think of uh, erotic thoughts, or you think of holy thoughts, then. But as I read, I say, my goodness, how do you think of holy thoughts? And then you can do something like that. Um, so, and because, like what I said, our mind is very tricky, our memory is very tricky. Whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard, and then your mind will go different ways. In order to really enjoy it, um, it's not just the physical act, but also the mind you will fantasize various things. It's true to the guys, it's true to the girls. The guy more chase after the physical fulfillment or gratification, whereas the girl more uh, uh, going toward like uh, the, the emotional fulfillment as the, they fantasize. So um, that, as Jesus has said, well, you know, if you lust after a woman, then you have committed adultery. And so um, we have to be very careful, you know, when we say, okay, it's okay to do it, it's not okay to do it. And I would say, um, when there is no way to avoid our mind going to think of like unholy thoughts, you know, uh, ex- as we release the sexual tension. And that's why, you know, is it a sin? I would say the way that we, our thoughts go, our mind goes, as we are practicing, um, oops, haven't put in the, oh, sorry. So, um, then that's the time that uh, when, when our mind has sinned because uh, we have 
um, sinful thoughts, uh, thoughts that relate to lusting after a woman. And that's why it says it's better to marry than to be burned with passion. It didn't say it's best it's better to masturbate, it's better to do it yourself than to um, uh, burn with lust or burn, burn with passion. So uh, as you read that passage, marriage is the way out from your sexual tension. But then you say, well, you know, what can I do right now? You know, I'm not married. I am 22 uh, or 19. I still have, I don't know, 10 years, 9 years from marriage, then what am I going to do in this nine years? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Later we will give some suggestion as of... Okay, sorry. Just make sure that it works. Okay, good. Sorry. Okay, um... Later, we will give you some suggestion as of how to practically avoid sexual temptation. But I would say there are, there are a lot of things to do. And, um, and one thing is the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the self-control. Uh, in fact, the downside of masturbation, uh, one thing is your, your, your thoughts, your sinful, lustful thoughts, but also is the sense that we misunderstand the purpose of sex. Because masturbation focuses on self-gratification, or I enjoy it. Um, but then, having sex with your partner, with a wife, with a husband, is to gratify one another. As the, the Bible tells us that, you know, you should not... Um, I don't know what is the English translation, but uh, like, unless you two are going to pray, that's why, you know, otherwise you, you should um, sleep together. You do not quite him, quite fool, deprive, uh, from, deprive one another. So, meaning that sex is not, you know, it did not say, okay, you, uh, unless you, you pray, then you separate. Otherwise, you deprive yourself and then you will have sexual tension. No. But it says you deprive one another, meaning that sex is to gratify one another because you love the other person. You want this person to enjoy the blessing of the creation of sex. So um, you, will, you will do it. But masturbation will uh, kind of draw your attention to yourself in what way that you can enjoy yourself, in what way that you can gratify yourself. So the whole concept of sex is wrong in, in that way. Um, so... Uh, in conclusion, you know, say, you know, because like a lot of times we want to say yes or no, you know, can we do it? Um, can you rob a bank? Yeah, yeah. Um, but is it a good thing to do? No. I will say masturbation uh, is, I will consider it as a sin that we will fall into, but we don't have to just lie down there and then say, okay, I can have no way to get out. Uh, because all sexual temptation, uh, in a sense, when we talk about masturbation or premarital sex um, for, for young people, um, in a sense, there is a way out. 
um, not only through nocturnal emission, wet dream, but also through a legitimate sexual relationship with your spouse. That will happen one day. Ten years later, five years later, two years later, we don't know. But when you have a goal, when you have a target, then it's much easier for you to achieve that goal. You say, okay, I'm 25, planning to get married at 29, so I have four years to go to overcome this sexual sin. So, so you have a target, you have a goal you strive for, just like exercise. Like if you don't, like some people say, when you have a timer, like you know, whether you're doing treadmill or whatever, uh, if the timer is counting down, it gives you more incentive. If the t- timer is counting up, like say it's like one, two, three, oh, this is 30 minutes, oh, wait, what am I going to do? But if it's counting down, you say, okay, 20 more, 20 more minutes, okay, 19 more minutes, okay, 15 more minutes. Then, you know, you say, okay, you know, you have a goal that you achieve. Um, there were, they were, they were uh, numerous occasions about like uh, runners or athletes uh, missing the goal or not seeing the goal. There was a, a lady swimming across, I think... Uh, can remember, like I think the the um, between England and France, um, that Eng- English Channel or something, uh, and uh, but it was so foggy, and uh, by the time that you know she was cold, she didn't know what to do, and then finally she said, "Okay, uh, I give up." Okay, then she climbed up onto the boats that was like you know, on her side, you know, uh, planning to rescue her in case of emergency. But as soon as she climbed up the the, the boat. And then the fog kind of dispersed. Then she saw that, oh, actually, the shore is only about half a mile away. Then she said, no, if I knew that it was half a mile away, I would have endured and finished my race. Um, likewise, no, if there is no hope in front, I'm going to die when I'm 65 or 75. Now I'm only 19. There are like... Uh, 60 more years or 50 more years to endure this sexual temptation. What can I do? But, you know, like, no. Like, say, there is a goal. Of course, there is the, um, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit of self-control that we learn. And then we have practical way to help us to overcome some of our sexual temptation. But the thing is, uh, remember that, you know, releasing sexual ten- tension, um, there is a way out. Unless you say, well, you know, if you have the gift of singlehood, um, uh, then there's no problem because uh, you're not going to get married and God give you that gift and, you know, you can overcome it. But uh, also one of the side um, or the downside of another downside of the, the um, problem of um, masturbation is that even some people, when they engage in masturbation, even after they got married, they cannot quit their habits. The reason is, that's a shortcut. That's fast. I know how to gratify myself, whereas my spouse may not even know how to do it. And then, uh, especially with the internet sex, uh, I've read of an article a few years ago uh, from San Jose Mercury. It says, the sexless marriage and I said, you know, sexless marriage, what do you mean? And then I read the article and said, interestingly enough, a lot of times we say male are 
tempted or aroused by sight, then they see, then they want to do it, and they want to do it as often as they are being tempted. But then find that uh, a group of men, you know, some of the, the um, study find that they have very few sexual uh, intimacy intercourse with their wife, only three times or so a year. And then through the study, there are two findings. One of them is because nowadays we are too stressed out. When we are too stressed out, then you know, like people, one of the things that they drop, like uh, there was a study of uh, the colony of mice, and when they're too overcrowded, uh, they start dying off. And the first activity that they stop doing are having sex. And then when too, we are too stressful, when we're at the edge of burnout, then sex is something that we may drop. But the second thing is because, second reason is because we have too much of uh, like internet sex or self-gratification that they can just, you know, they're so busy, they got involved and then they don't have, even have time for sex and then they turn on the computer and then they masturbate and then they fulfill and they don't need to have sex with their wife and, and that became a vicious cycle because the image that they see, maybe the woman are prettier than the wife. And then why do I need to find my wife? You know, when I can look at different pictures and different things that they can gratify themselves. Then there are another downside. So, um, in conclusion, I say masturbation uh, is an artificial way to get self-gratification, uh, to fulfill something that God has designed not to be fulfilled that way. Um, so I would say that is not something that we should pursue, we should do. And then uh, how do we quit? Uh, later we'll talk about it. Okay, uh, any, any question uh, any regard, regarding that? Okay. Uh, we talk about the differences between guys and girls. Guys are driven by physical desire, where girls are driven by emotional desire. Um, crave for physical intimacy for guys, crave for emotional intimacy for girls, and then uh, stimulate by what they see, stimulate by what they hear and feel, give love to get sex, and then uh, girls give sex to uh, get love. So be very careful, especially to the ladies, um, because guys can sweet talk you. Uh, they say they love you and you crave for that emotional satisfaction. Uh, and when you're being hugged, when you're being touched, uh, then you think that, you know, yeah, you know, this guy loved me, so I can offer my body. But uh, don't do that because at times, guys, their body can be disconnected from their mind, their heart, their spirit. They don't love you, but they can have sex with you. They can use you. Like last time I talked about incidents, I know that the ex-boyfriend will go to find the ex-girlfriend and have sex, and afterward then just go their own way. And um, But for girls, most of them, body, mind, heart, and spirit, intricately connected together. Uh, so um, you love someone, you have sex with someone. Um, for girls, but for guys, you know, that's why there's so many prostitution. Yeah. Of course, now they have guys, practice, uh, prostit- male prostitute, because um, nowadays, like, people's minds are being corrupted to a point 
that uh, we are not being the we are not doing it normally or uh, naturally, and we are kind of perverted. Okay, um, so how to handle sexual temptation? We talk about guarding your heart. Um, the heart is the center of our love, our desire. And then um, we talk about the emotional connection. Um, we don't have time to go through that. Um, but attention, attraction, affection, these are okay. And then we talk about the emotional checkpoint to see um, uh, are the expression of affection appropriate. Um, and then, you know, it's all printed on, on their notes. Um, but yet, affair and addiction is red light if you're single. Uh, even attached to someone or having affection uh, is okay, but you need to be aware. But if you're married, uh, even having attachment um, is a red light. Um, you're not supposed to attach emotionally or physically to anyone if you're married. Um, if you couldn't copy it because like you lost your last note, uh, don't bother copying it. I, I could put it on the, the internet. Uh, or after you copy it, you will lose it anyway. <laughs> so just like your last one. Um, okay, uh, then we talk about emotional checkpoint, uh, in what way we find that we are being attached to someone. Uh, got your mind. So a thought reap an action, so an action reap a habit, so a habit reap a character, so a character reap a destiny. So, um, somebody once said, sexual temptation is like a monster, including pornography. Um, there's a question saying, pornography, is it okay after marriage? How to avoid it? How will we know what to do if we don't Learn the moves. Oh, okay, that means if you don't practice sex before marriage, is it? Okay. Um, like pornography is another thing that corrupts our mind, and then that is the big monster. And a lot of times our physical reaction of having a desire to violate our girlfriends, uh, having that desire to do it yourself, uh, all because it started with a thought. And the way to keep that monster out is to starve it to death. Like say, if we keep on feeding, like you know, you're watching movie, you're watching MTV, and then you say, oh, okay, yeah, rated R, I think it's okay. Or uh, um, we're not talking about X and all those things. As Christian, and then... We, but, the problem is, you say, okay, this is, this is a, a detective movie, or this is a romance, uh, rated R is okay, but the thing is, the thing that goes into your mind is, again, feeding this monster inside you. Uh, so, the less feeding, the better it is, and the best is to starve it to death. And how to starve it to death is not to feed it with um, what you see or what you think. So, we need to control our mind, need to fast whatever input uh, that we have. Uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And later we will talk about how to cleanse our mind. Um, God, our body, um, 
It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means purified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. So control God, his own body, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. Uh, We talk about guarding our eyes. So whatever we see, the first look is not sin. But if you look back, the second look, that is sin. So you try to learn the technique of bouncing your eyes. If you see something inappropriate, just bounce it to somewhere else. Uh, so last week we talked about encouraging our sisters not to wear something like you know, too low, too wide, um, too short, and things like that. Uh, we need to guard the eyes of our brothers. And for brothers, um, anything that we see and sometimes it's, it's interesting because like there's a voice inside to tell you to double check it. Like see, you've seen someone like a girl with short skirt walking up the stairs and then you have a glance, first glance and then, and then you try to bounce your eyes and look away. But then there's an inner voice saying that, well, maybe she's wearing a short. It doesn't really matter. Let me check whether she's wearing a short inside. Then you look again. Um, just try to convince yourself that it is okay or trying to double check is it, it, is, it is not okay if it is really not okay then I will not see it but you know, why checking it even if there is a, a short underneath that mini skirt um, it is not your matter but the thing is that, that lustful thought will again feed the monster so um, guard your eyes um, this is a verse that I really love, um, Job 31.1. I make a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. And I challenge you, brothers, um, to make the same covenant with your eyes, not to look lustfully at a girl. At times, thought comes in. At times, there's a, a voice from your monster telling you to do something. Say no to him. Uh, just, just try to... Um, Pray to God and ask God to help you to overcome that desire. Um, and because you have made a covenant with your eye and with God. Guard your mouth not to talk about dirty jokes and all those things. Um, and must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. So do not think that this is funny. Um, so you can talk and anything, cost joking. Uh, obscenity, foolish talk, and all these things is out of place. And then um, plan ahead. How far? Okay, uh, this is another question. It's like, what is the standard? Uh, besides Walter's standard, okay? What are good uh, boundary? okay? Um, the thing is, I, we've listed a few things, like hold hands, from holding hands to kissing to hugging to petting to intercourse, of course, we know that. Uh, I don't know whether you agree with it, but no, and the cost should be out. Petting. What is petting? Petting is touching each other. It could be outside the clothes. It could be inside the clothes. It could be at very um, important places. Uh, it could be just your thigh, your back. Um, but petting arouse your sexual desire. And then, of course, touching the inappropriate places like the genital, the breast, then you know, okay, 
this is inappropriate. So I will assume that you agree with me that petting should be out. Right? Uh, of course, even though you don't agree, you won't raise your hand and say, I don't agree. Because <laughs> there's so many brothers and sisters and advisors looking at you. <laughs> Hugging. Uh, I can't even hug my girlfriend. Are you kidding? Um, I would say it's not that you cannot. But depending on how you hug, a side hug, of course, no problem, okay? But if you hug this way, um, just be aware of the temptation uh, because your physical parts are touching one another. And then, guys, you can feel the physical body, physical part of of your girlfriend. So that will um, cause temptation. And also, seldom uh, you will see two people just hugging each other. Uh, for a long time, you don't, you don't hug, 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 doing nothing. Uh, you know, maybe you, you greet one another in the airport, you hug, okay, yeah. Or like, okay, if you are not boyfriend and girlfriend, especially for girls, uh, like I know we're in America. Uh, we're the American culture, oh, you know, don't be so Chinese or don't be so conservative. And then we all hug and sometimes like, but um, you can have side hug. Even if you hug this way, you don't have to hug this way. And uh, just hug this way. <laughs> like, let's demonstrate. You know, we can do it. <laughs> no? Uh, let, let's hug. Let's hug, okay? Now you can hug this way. And then so that you don't have to touch each other this way, okay? Um... So for girls, if you are if you are very friendly, very Americanized, you can still hug, but you know, just bend over a little bit and don't step too close and hug it this way, because you may not notice it, or some of you may not notice it, but somehow your body part is touching uh, the other person, uh, the opposite sex, and then they could feel it. Okay, uh, could you? I think we could, right? Yeah. So. Uh, be very careful. And as for kissing, um, I have read the testimony of quite a few people, including think Joshua Harris. He wrote, um, I Kissed Dating Goodbye and Boy Meet Girls. And, um, and he has, of course, like after he realized um, the importance of keeping himself pure. Uh, he has made a covenant. He has made an agreement that he will not kiss his girlfriend until the wedding day. And he kept it. Uh, there were like different temptations. Like, um, but then, you know, he kept it. And I read testimony from uh, different people. Um, in fact, I was reading a book from, by Dennis Rainey. Um, there was one time that he called if I remember it right correctly, he called his son, he was in college, um, who has promised not to kiss a girl until the wedding day. And he called his son and said, well, you know, may I ask you a question and put it down as one of the answers in my book? Say, what? Say, okay, um, have you kissed a girl? Say, no. Um, are you going to? Not before my wedding day. And then he said, well, you know, have you ever been tempted? He said, yes, when I was in seventh grade, I really wanted to kiss a girl whom I like. But later, you know, after I 
have made a covenant with God and I decided I'm not going to kiss a girl until the wedding day. So he said, you know, why? What's the purpose? You know, like you can't even kiss your girlfriend? Um, I'm saying, I'm not saying that yes or no, because like there are different kind of kiss. There is like a kiss on your hand, there's a kiss on the cheek, there's a kiss on your uh, forehead, um, or like just a um, slight kiss, good, good night kiss or whatever on your lips, or there deep kiss, there are suffocated kiss, there are metal kiss they call because your braces got locked together. Um, there are different kinds of, of kisses. But the thing is, you have to ask two questions. One is, why? It's an expression of love. It's an expression of love or it's an expression of lust. What's so loving about exchanging saliva? Um, and, but interestingly enough, we are being, I think, mold in a sense that, especially in the Western culture, uh, that, okay, you know, when two people date, they have to kiss. But I would say, you don't have to kiss. If you're in a Chinese um, society, maybe the, when you date, you just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bow to one another and then you feel very gratified <laughs> oh, um, no it's just um, so one thing will lead to another and when two people kiss usually it arouses the lustful thought and then people do not just kiss because when people kiss they hug they feel their body and then they will touch one another the hands will go back and forth up and down uh, and around and, um, and you will you will be um, amazed how guys, you know, usually they are not that flexible. But in kissing, you know, their arms can really go over 360 degree and then uh, touching the inappropriate places. Uh, of course, you say, who is so stupid? You know, just go from the front. Uh, but for the first time, you know, guys will not do that. They will do it as accidentally touching something that they are not supposed to touch. And then after the accidental touch, then they will have the intentional touch. Uh, but that, that we need to be careful. You know, why do we need to kiss? And what will kissing lead to? How long uh, are you going to kiss? Are you going to kiss like on the bed, in the car, or just a goodnight kiss? These are some of the questions that you have to um, lay down when you say, okay, I'm going to have a boundary, set a boundary. And last time, I challenged you, if you have a boyfriend, if you have a girlfriend, sit down and set the boundary with your boyfriend and your girlfriend and say, what is appropriate? What is not appropriate? Touching. Um, um, like emotional boundary, environmental boundary, physical boundary. Is there any restricted area, whether it's outside the clothes, inside the clothes, things like that. Um, so when you say, you know, what are some of the good boundary uh, besides Walter's boundary? Uh, of course, now when you're talking to a, a 50-year-old man, the sexual drive is not as active as like a 19-year-old, whatever, you say, of course, you, you're saying that you can do it because you're old and you don't have any sexual temptation. Let me tell you, I, I have a professor 
when I was taking the class uh, in the seminary, he was about 70 years old. And he said, don't tell me that it, for me there is no sexual temptation, <laughs> even for a 70-year-old man. So um, it's for everybody. Um, may not be as intense, but then there is a sexual temptation. So you need to plan ahead and I encourage you to set the boundary with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend. And if you said, I haven't dated, that is good, that is wonderful. Then set the boundary before you start dating. So you will not fall into the trap uh, that many people fell into because they were not prepared. If you're not prepared, you fall into the trap. But when you're prepared, at times you still fall into the trap. But then you know that you, you have fallen and then you could get up. Uh, understanding our risk. Oh, this is something that we stopped um, from last time. Okay, before we go forward, um, do you have any other question, comments regarding what we have talked about? Um, I want to take about 30 seconds to go through the the question to see whether uh, there are any thing that we can uh, address. Okay, the girls' question are more on dating, uh, whereas the guys are more up to the topic about sex. Okay. Oh, when we're talking about, uh, let's go back, uh, when we're talking about setting the boundary. We talk about emotional boundary, environmental boundary, and physical boundary. Um, let's talk about environmental boundary. We, we talked about it last time briefly, like say whether you're staying very close with a person inside a room or something like that. But I would encourage, I would say, you know, don't think that I am old-fashioned. Uh, about like two people going to vacation, Las Vegas and renting one room with two beds. You say, well, you know, it's like two beds. Or, you know, some people will say, I'm willing to pay. I rent two rooms. But then, you know, there will be occasion that the guy will say, well, you know, can I come in and look at your room and see whether there's any difference? Actually, there's no difference. It's just (laughs) two identical rooms. You say, okay, yeah, look into the room. And then, even if you rented two rooms, you would not watch TV separately at night, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, good night, and you watch TV, I watch TV in my room, you watch TV. You know, if you're going with your girlfriend, you watch TV together. And then in a hotel, the TV is in front of the bed. Okay? So you see the temptation is there. Of course you say, well, you know, I can stand firm. You know, I don't think, you know, it's just you know, like, uh, we would not do anything like that. I once met the guy, um, he told me the same thing. And just like that was a time that I went to, I think I went to Sweden to have a, a summer retreat with them and we'd focus on the topic of um, dating, sex, and, and things like that. And then he said, well, you know, I have to confess that I have premarital sex. And the reason is because I underestimate the power of sexual temptation. He says, first, you know, we have just casual contact. 
And then afterward, we got more intimate. But I told myself, no matter what, I will not go through the very last step. But then he said, but I underestimate the power of temptation. And then I fell into the temptation and I have sex with my girlfriend. And then he regretted it. And yeah, Satan wants us to overestimate our power and our endurance and underestimate the power of sexual temptation. Sexual temptation, you know, just imagine pastors or fathers of the Catholic Church. They're supposed to be more holy, I would say. They're supposed to be more spiritual. They're supposed to have more endurance. But yet, many of them fall into temptation of immorality, adultery, um, even homosexuality, or even with children and things like that. Just so, who are you? Just imagine the, the wisest man in the whole wide world, Solomon. The purest man of the whole wide world, David. The strongest man in the whole wide world, Samson. All of them fell into the trap of sexual temptation. So who are you that you think that you know, I can be exempt? So I encourage you, if you say, you know, we go to Las Vegas or Yosemite or whatever, go with a group of people so that you know, the girls can be in one room, the guys can be in another room. Say, well, you know, but that's no fun. Um, life is not all about fun because sinning is a lot of fun. But there are a lot of consequences that we have to reap. So i rather... Why not go with a group of people? I think you know, there are a lot of fun to going with a group of people. So uh, setting the boundary, this is something that uh, we need to pay attention to. Comments, questions, disagreement? You can call. Yes. I've also seen times that people go in the group. But I mean, when you go into the group, you're really going to be Very few of your peers would do that. So I don't think even going as a group, let's say, you know, uh, a, a few couples that are dating together, going as a group, that's not still, you know, uh, 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 fireproof. You, you really have to be very careful mm. about these kind of families. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good comment. You know, even we go as a group, it's not fireproof. But the thing is, Actually, there's no such thing as fireproof because as two people are dating, they don't have to go to Las Vegas to do it. And quite often, like as we are working, we may be moving out, or maybe our parents will go to China or our parents are not at home. You know, there are numerous or innumerable opportunities for us to go over the boundary. So... Um, Going to vacation with a group of people is just to help us or keep one another accountable. But there are many opportunities that nobody is checking on you. Nobody will see you. Uh, that we have to make a covenant with God. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go on. This is uh, something practical. One thing is you understand our own weaknesses. We are all weak. We are not strong. 
So take responsibility. Um, don't blame other people. Don't blame the environment. Don't blame the society. Don't say that my boyfriend tempted me or my girlfriend tempted me or because um, computer pornography or internet pornography is so accessible or anything. But yes, this is my problem. I have sinned. Because only when we take responsibility, then there's a hope for us to change. So the question we have to ask is, what are your temptations? Then you have to know, like, what are some of the things that are tempting us now in our environment? Maybe, is it the internet? Or maybe a relationship with an opposite sex? Uh, maybe some shows? Um, MTV? Um, movies? So, you know, we have to understand what are some of the temptations that we are facing. What is your button? Meaning what will trigger you? Like say if a guy's we talk you or maybe when you are physically too close with one another um, or maybe a guy whisper in your ear uh, maybe when you kiss um, or kissing for too long you know, some of the, the things that you have to understand yourself what is my button? Uh, what will trigger me? to go to a point of no return, that I would say, say just say, like, you know, so what if I die, I'll do it. You know? yeah. So you know, there, are, there are certain things that we have to understand ourselves. So after you understand your temptation and what is your button, the thing is stop at square one. Why um, are we saying that? So if you know your temptation and you know what triggers you, so before you go to that point, then you know, okay, square one. Square one is stopping the car at Ocean Beach with my girlfriend to fellowship and to talk, to share. That is usually the step one or the square one that will lead into, oh, this is too tight here and it's uh, not comfortable. Let's go to the back seat. And then, okay, let's hug and then let's kiss. And then you say one thing lead to another, one thing lead to another. Or maybe the square one is a girlfriend calling you and say, well, you know, my parents not home. How about come over and watch TV together? That may be the square one. If that will lead to the step two and the step three and the step four, and then you will stop and say, oh, well, you know, your parents not home. Oh, forget it. Okay, remember, we have set the boundary. We say, okay, let's not do it. How about let's come out and go to have coffee together and then afterward let's go to see a movie this is very difficult let me tell you especially for guys um, not only that you are stingy and you want to just watch TV but it's that that inner voice of you that inner voice of you um, will, will tell you because like on the way that you are driving your car to your girlfriend's place there are a lot of things that go through your mind during your drive. What am I going to do? Should I or shouldn't I? Oh, I will not do it. Okay, we will just watch TV. Oh, but you know, maybe you know, we just get close. Oh, oh, no, no, we won't do it. And then all the way you will struggle and then you reason with yourself and say, you know, I am not doing it. 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 And as soon as your girlfriend opened the door, then you hug and kiss. 
Um, so the best way is not to stop before, like you know, when you play the game, you no, know, before the end, before the final. You say stop over there. No, the best way is not to start the game and stop at square one. So what is your track record? <clears throat> when we understand the temptation that are out there, what is triggering us, that button, then we examine our track record. Last time, in what way that did I fall? Because I was home alone, nobody was there, it was past midnight, and I'm still next to the computer. And that's the time that with a click of a finger, I went into a website that I was not supposed to. That's our track record. If you know the track record, okay, then you know what to avoid. So next time, before midnight, I will not, or now after midnight, I will not go into the internet. Or next time, when I use the computer, I'll open my door. Is it that difficult? I don't think your parents will look at your Facebook and see who you're chatting with. You know, not like me with Joni or Nadia. <laughs> you know? They don't care and their eyes are not that good to look inside, to see everything. But by opening the door, then you put another barrier before you and the temptation. That what if your dad walk past by and see the pornography over there? What if he said, you come and share with me or something? <laughs> no. Like, there are ways when we look at the track record, then we know how to avoid falling into the same mistake again. Whether it's with a person, whether it's personal failure, then when you go through your track record, say, okay, yeah, because I have nothing to do. I sleep too late. I get up at 11 o'clock. Nobody is home and I have nothing to do. So I got tempted. So if that's the case, maybe the next time, the very first thing you need to do when you get up is to go wash your face and then is to go go out and run a mile or something or to do push-up, to do 20 push-up, 50 push-up. Look at your track record and to design a way to get out of that rut or that routine, or that vicious cycle. Okay, any questions so far regarding understanding our weakness? As for, for girls, um, a lot of times, girls will have different temptation than guys. Um, we need the emotional satisfaction. We need romance. Uh, at times, the temptation is fantasizing. Uh, thinking of um, you know, different scenario that could have happened. Uh, so again, we have to guard our mind. We have to staff the monster inside. Again, these are some of the things. What are the temptation? What is your button? Especially if you're dating. You know, what are some of the things that your boyfriend do that will kind of arouse you uh, that you will fall into temptation? Then what are the track record? If you know the track record, then you can start and stop at square one. Um, remember this poem. It's called, it's called The Autobiography in Five Short Chapters. Chapter one. 
I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter two. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I am in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it. It is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. Take responsibility. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. I don't know what is the big hole for you. The hole could be masturbation. The hole could be pornography. The hole could be padding with your girlfriend or boyfriend. But as we realize the hole there, as we take responsibility, and then we can realize the temptation, our button, the pattern, so that we could one day walk down another street. How to handle sexual temptation? The very first one is to flee, learn to say no. That's exactly what the Bible tells us. Second Timothy two twenty two 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 two. Okay. Second Timothy two twenty two. Flee the evil desires of youth, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I will say sexual temptation is very difficult to fight, and the best way is to flee. That's what Joseph did when he was tempted by his master's wife. He did not say, "Well, you know, let me put back my clothes, and then help, let me put, help you to put on your clothes." No, don't do it, okay? And then maybe massage is okay, but don't do anything more than that, you know. He just ran away, and I think likewise, the word "flee," meaning "oops," meaning running for your life, and it is used in the Septuagint. That means a Greek translation of the Old Testament Bible to describe um, running away from uh, the uh, the the Israelite, running away from the Egyptian, running away from Pharaoh. And it's like running for their lives. Then we need to have the same kind of attitude as we have evil desire. One way is to run, um, not to just dwell in it and say, like you know, um, physical contact with your with your boyfriend and your girlfriend, um, or different situation with um, other sexual temptation. We need to run away from that situation. Another way is. Cleansing actually is closely related to 
what we've just read in 2 Timothy 2.22. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Um, I, I believe I have um, done this experience with you, experiment with you. Uh, how many of you have tried um, not thinking about a lemon? You know, remember I have that practice with you and say, don't think about a lemon. How many of you have tried that? Okay, only a few. Okay, let's do it again. Okay. At that time I have a lemon, but now I don't have a lemon. I want to give you about one minute, okay? And the whole goal is not to think about a lemon. You know, not the juicy lemon with the lemon flavor, okay? If the image pop up in your mind of a lemon, or if you think of the word lemon, okay? Then you lose, okay? And the whole purpose is not to think about lemon, whether the image or... Um, the word, okay? How about this? Uh, you raise your hand and then the, I will say start and as soon as you see, you think of lemon or the image appear, then you drop your hand, okay? And I would like to see and I would like to have everybody see um, who is the last one that could survive. <laughs> and I will try to blank this because it's yellow. <laughs> okay. How can we blank this? <laughs> Still yellow. <laughs> uh, there is a, there's a standby. Okay, okay. Now blank it. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Raise your hand. Okay, I count to three. Go. One, two, three, go. Okay, look around and see who were, who were the survivors. Okay, Auntie Belle, and then Gloria, and then the Claudia, and then John. Okay, okay. You tempter. Did you whisper lemon? <laughs> okay, what, hap- what happened to those who thought of lemon? What happened? What went into your mind? First thing I thought was, don't think of lemon. <laughs> okay, what happened? Like, instead of saying lemon over and over again, you say something like, I was trying to think about basketball one time. Like basketball, 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 basketball. Because there's a tempter there, okay. Okay, what else happened, Lynette? Or, 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 I was going to try to go through the names of drugs, but uh-huh. I saw the screen, and remember he's saying, Oh, uh, okay. Okay, what else? Song. Okay, what song? <laughs> and then, then how come the lemon comes in? Because I'm trying to remember not to remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Different people try different things like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N. Oh, L, M, N is lemon. <laughs> o, P. Okay, Auntie Belle, how did you do it? I focus on every naming every single item around, and I do it very fast. Uh-huh. I don't even let a break between like exit door, screen, 
you know, wow. and then and then once I do that, I ran out of things, and I started naming everybody's name. <laughs> so I kept my mind very busy. Okay, very busy. Okay, Claudia, how do you do that? I look at the black and white paper, and just look at the same word over and over and over and over. <laughs> okay, okay, look at the same word. Okay, Gloria, how do you do it? Red hot. Red hot. Red hot. Red hot. Sometimes it's interesting because it will change shape. <laughs> okay, Jonathan, how do you do it? Okay. Okay, think of different things. You see, the exercise tells us two things. One thing is, it's hard work. You see, it is hard work. Just not to think about lemons is hard work. And now we're talking about sexual temptation that maybe some of us has engaged in that struggle for years. And then, you know, now we have to say, no, no. So the best way is not to say, don't think about sex. Don't think about that image. Don't think about that movie. Don't think about that, that computer. You know, is to flush your mind with other things such as the red heart, the red heart, and then everything, naming everything. And occasionally it may change shape and change color and fall into the same temptation of lemon again. But then again, it is hard work. Flush it, flush it. And that's why the Bible says, finally, brother, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. As we think about God, think about doing the right things, think about you know, how enjoyable it is to be close to God, and, and then all these good things, then we kind of flush away all the bad thoughts. Still remember when I was in college. Oh, you know, it was very bad. Uh, struggle for me. Uh, I was in, involved in church. I was very active in church. Uh, no, I think that was before the time that I was very active in church. Um, and then I was being introduced by a friend uh, to go to see those not in those inappropriate movies. And then, the, and then I find that you know, all these images just just kind of corrode me to a point as I was listening to a lecture in Berkeley. I was drawing something that is very indecent on the table. And then I say, you know, so I think they changed, <laughs> they changed the table. <laughs> they changed the desk already, you know, after 30-something years. Oh. But then, you know, it's just... As I, as I thought back, I say, oh, how shameful it is. How could I do that? But you know, that's the thing that you know, when your mind is corrupted, then somehow your action is just buried out. Why did I do that? I don't know. Do I want to tempt somebody? No. But, but it just came out and I could not reason it. Uh, it. It just came out. So the thing is, it, whatever that goes through our mind, that monster will drive us uh, not only emotionally, um, but also our, our action will do it somehow, some irrational way um, that we can't even explain. So the best way, run away from temptation and also um, 
to cleanse ourselves, cleansing with the Word of God, just like what we've done. But again, there's no easy way out. If you say, you know, can you just give me a formula? There's no formula. Because just one minute without the thought of lemon is hard work. So we know conquering sin is not as easy. A way out. You say, well, you know, how can I get a way out? But the Bible has promised no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That means you can bear it. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So don't give yourself excuse and say, no, I can't fight it. Oh, there is no way out. I can't run away. I can't conquer it. I will say, you cannot be perfect. You will not reach that perfection. Occasionally, you will still, still go back to that street, still fall into that hole, or even jump into that hole. But after you realized it, you will go another way. With God's help, and then occasionally we will stumble, we will fall, but get up as soon as possible and walk away. Um, so there are ways out, but we just did not take that way out. What do you mean there's no way out? Turn off the computer. Um, don't go onto the internet after a certain hour. Say, no, no, that's the time that people are just uh, like uh, Facebook one another and then chatting with one another, you know. But if that posed a temptation to you, just like um, if you know that like now you have 10 plates of food in front of you, but one among the 10 plates is poisonous, you will sacrifice the delicious nine dishes because you don't know which one is poisonous. And likewise, there may be benefits of like serving on the internet and doing stuff, but you know your boundary, you know your track record, you know your button, you know your temptation. Now is the time that we have to make a decision to bring a change to our lives. Okay, um, so there is a way out. Consider the consequences. What are the consequences? Uh, these are some of the things that are very superficial. But if you don't think about it, um, you will not take it seriously. There's been um, a movement called the True Love Waits, encouraging young people to be pure, to keep themselves sexually abstinent um, until the day that they married. Because in Galatians it says, you know, consider the consequence, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The man who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So, God cannot be mocked. So don't deceive and say, you know, it's okay to do this. It's okay to have bad thoughts. It's okay to watch um, X-rated movie, to read pornography. No. You will reap what you sow. And um, a lot of times, we try to make ourselves feel better. That's why 
uh, you have, have heard of different theory. I'm not hurting anyone when I'm going onto the internet to, to read about these things, to watch about these movies, uh, to DIY, do it yourself. I'm not hurting anyone. So that to take our guilt away. And we're saying that, you know, oh, psychologically, uh, you know, uh, you, are, you are making people feel guilty and then they feel guilty, they feel depressed, and then uh, that is bad. I think there is a benefit of still having that sense of guilt inside us, knowing that this is right, this is wrong, and if this is wrong, I'm not going to do it. And the Holy Spirit is prompting us how or what to do. Okay, so flee from sexual immorality. He who sins, sexual sins against his own body. Do not... Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Therefore, honor God with your body. So the consequence of not waiting, meaning having premarital sex, loss of virginity, guilt, fear, self-hatred, bad memory, flashback, STD, AIDS, unwanted pregnancy, abortion, and now they have the morning after pill. Um, forced marriage, or because like you know, we have sex, that's why we married one another. Facing future spouse, you know, in case you have premarital sex with someone, how are you going to face your future spouse? Hurting parents, spiritual bondage, of course, there are many, many lists. Of course, um, not only about not waiting, uh, especially those like we advisors, we already got married. But there are consequences of sexual sin that we are hurting our loved ones, that God will chase after us in the sense that we reap the consequences. Uh, it will hurt the ministry, and, and there are a lot of things. But of course... Um, there are consequences. But the, I think what is most important is, is the spiritual bondage. That when we sin, all we are doing is like putting up a front, a mask. Um, and then at night we are serving the internet and watching pornography or pornographic material. And then in the day, we're teaching kids. We're leading Bible studies. We're helping in the fellowship. And then that is, that is like putting on a show that our life does not match with what we're doing. So I think one of the things that we need to be very careful uh, as spiritual leaders uh, not only spiritual leaders of the family that eventually got put us there, but also spiritual leaders of the church, our Sunday school class, the fellowship. And then we need to really live our life that is worthy of the calling. Um, instead of like leading worship, but yet the night before, we're watching pornographic materials. Uh, so that is, that is very scary, and that is happening. In our church, other churches because we our private life is so 
so hidden now that you know, not too many people really know what we're doing. Besides considering consequences, remind ourselves that God and Satan are both watching. Whatever you do, God is watching with an aching heart. And Satan is watching, rejoicing at your hanky-panky with one another as you are doing whatever that is inappropriate, giving excuses of um, like this is not hurting anyone. Um, But Satan is watching with gladness and God is watching with just an aching heart. Um, When we realize that whatever you're doing with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, DIY alone, God and Satan are both watching. That kind of you know, threatening, like say, what if your, your girlfriend's father is in the living room? How would you treat your girlfriend? No. And the Heavenly Father is there. Then uh, how are you going to treat one another? Sublimation. I don't know whether this is the right translation that carries the right uh, connotation, but what it means is to, to raise it to another level. To burn your energy. Say, if you are, um, if you are tempted, then you know, go out and play basketball. Do some push-up. Um, pray. Um, to transform, transfer your energy, uh, the tension into something else. Uh, so that you, know, you run, you run, you run, you're so tired and then you just uh, lie in your bed and you sleep. And you think of you know, positive things to cleanse your mind from all these images that comes into your mind. Okay, any other questions? As we've gone through the, like how to handle your sexual temptation. Okay. Yes. So, you were young once. So, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you find was the best way um, to handle it, to handle sexual temptation? Hmm. I think the best way I have already listed here, um, practically, I have to think back because it's so long ago that, no, not, not so long ago that I have sexual temptation, but when you say when I was young. Uh, so you were young once. Well, like, you know, sexual temptation happens all the time to everyone. Uh, but depending on how you treat it. So, um, one of the things is to learn to say no. Um, just like what Paul said, to beat your body. And that requires discipline. And that self-control is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I find that whenever I am away, far away from God, then I'm weaker. So, one way is to maintain a good relationship with God in my devotional life. Another thing is, again, like what I said, stop the monster. Uh, Because many times that I fail because I feed the monster with different things. Uh, On the TV, um, at that time we don't have internet and then then only when I have really bad friends that I hang around with then you know, they brought me to see the bad movie. But then, you know, I won't go in alone, especially I'm a Christian. I'm afraid that I will bump into somebody, uh, the pastor or something. I'm not watching the same movie, but... but uh, um, so, so at that time, we have more 
um, restrained because of embarrassment, uh, because of the pride, uh, because we don't want to be found out. Um, so you know, these are some of the constraints. But then uh, I have to I have to tell myself that you know, uh, you know at times I have to say no. Like you know, why do I know? Okay, yeah, um, you know, a guy driving to a girlfriend's house. You know, numerous thoughts will go through your mind because I've drove to my girlfriend's house before. Then I know there are things that you know go through your mind that your struggles. So that's why we say stop at square one. If that is an inappropriate thing, you look at your track record that is bad, then you have to try to find other ways, find another street. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, haven't always won the battle, but then uh, it's always struggling and then praying and then uh, with God's help and then um, get up again and then fight. And hopefully our, our curve will be like this. And then going up and then down and then up and down. But the mean, it will be like it's going up this way. Um, no one can be immune um, by falling into temptation. But then the, um, the flee and to cleanse our mind, I think this is um, the best thing. Yeah. Okay, uh, any other comment, questions? Okay. Road to recovery. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Now when I've mentioned about these consequences, many people will say, loss of virginity. I've already lost it when I was in high school. How am I going to face my future spouse? I couldn't help. At that time, I wasn't a Christian. Or maybe I was a Christian, I was a wishy-washy Christian. Or maybe I was a dedicated Christian, but I fell into temptation. But then, what am I going to do? Uh, Of course, there are things that we can never change in a sense. You can never regain your virginity. Uh, and in fact, if we lost our virginity, if we have sexual relationship with somebody else and then we have to face our future spouse, you may not have to reveal it depending on how your commitment and your agreement with one another. But the thing is, when we're in Christ, we are a new creation. So... Um, with the True Love Waits movement um, or the campaign, um, there are also people uh, claiming they call um, Renew Virginity, uh, meaning that now I realize that what I've done in the past was wrong and I have committed my life to Jesus again. That from this point onward, I will not commit the same sin that I've done before. And I've made a decision. Spiritually, I need to keep myself pure. Physically, I need to keep myself holy until I marry my spouse, then I will have sexual relationship again. So, 
in God's eyes, even though maybe physically we are not a virgin anymore, but then in God's eyes, when we make the commitment and we say, yes, I'm going to keep myself pure, abstinent from sex, then in God's eyes, if we can keep it, we're still a virgin because we're a new, new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and then our goal is to forget about the past and strain forward toward the goal that God is leading us. So, I would like to encourage you or challenge you or give you an opportunity to make a pledge to God. On this, the ninth day of December, 2011, I make a commitment to God, myself, my family, my friends, my future mate, and my future children to be sexually abstinent from this day until the day I enter a biblical marriage relationship. I hereby establish this document as a permanent pledge and memorial to my desire to honor God in my body. May the witnesses below hold me accountable to it and to God. I find that listening to the teaching of purity, holiness, um, it just goes through our ears and then tomorrow we'll forget it. We need something to remind us. We need someone to keep us accountable so that we can do it, run it together. And I have printed some purity pledge for you if you so decide and say, yes, I want one. I want to sign it. I want to commit God. I I want to commit to God. Uh, And like what it says, to be sexually abstinent from this day until the day I enter into a biblical marriage relationship. Then you can come out and take one and you can sign your name here and then you can find two witnesses. Whoever you think you want him or her to be your witness, it could be an advisor, you could be a peer, uh, that witness will keep you accountable. Um, and then afterward, you can frame it, put it in front of your computer, and don't put it in the trunk, okay? And lost it. And it serves as a reminder of our desire to honor God in our body. I don't know whether you've done this before. I don't care you have, whether you have done this before. But the old has gone. The new has come. And I would like to tell you sad stories. Because I know people who have signed this. I know people who have engaged in like, uh, the True Love Weights campaign. And they signed um, a pledge. They signed, um, I don't know what they signed. They signed something a commitment but yet many of them could not keep it like I've said last time uh, there was once I, I have uh, such kind of a workshop and I realized that after the workshop a guy and a girl went to do something that is inappropriate not to the point of having sexual intercourse 
but it's something worse and bad enough. Because, um, like at times, when we want to draw close to God, that's when Satan trying to tempt us. That's why, like you know, even though the things that we talk about, even is from the Bible, biblical perspective, and all these things, it will also create images in our mind. It can also prompt some tempting or temptation that somehow, because like you know, we seldom talk about sex for two hours, but then we've been talking about this and then talk about temptation and talk about you know, things like that. That could arouse some kind of temptation even tonight. And then, and that's that's the that's the scary thing about temptation, and that's the scary thing about Satan. And um, many people has decided to follow God, but only a few, a chosen few, could maintain till the end. And I encourage you, do not take this lightly, and make it your commitment to God if you so desire to do it. I remember the experience of. Um, I remember there was one time I, like I've mentioned about, there was a time I went to Sweden to have that um, retreat. Remember a guy, actually I have them come up and then the, uh, line up to, to sign it. There was a guy, big guy, handsome, I, I could say, who could be a movie star. He was sitting there and finally he came up and took a pledge. And then as he was signing in front of me, his whole body was shaking. And it just just shaking. And then um, tears rolled down his face. And he said, I don't know whether I could do it. But finally, he signed his name and made a decision to keep himself sexually abstained. Um, it's harder, even harder in Europe. Like new beach everywhere. Uh, and then the, um, temptation everywhere. And uh, this is so difficult to make a decision. And it is hard work. But I would say it's all worth it. God created sex to be beautiful only within marriage. And when we are going the direction that God desires us to do, then we will enjoy the beautiful blessing that He has created for us. So I would leave it here. And if you would like to do it, um, you can take it and sign it and have witnesses sign it. Um, before I give the time to you, I just like to see is there any questions that I have here that is related to what we are talking about? Um, yeah, uh, there are question about like you know if we haven't done it before, um, then how do we know uh, what to do or learn the moves? And uh, I think all these is all these are excuses. Um, I think um, we can address this later. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, it's tricky because a lot of times we give excuses to go the way that we want to go. To, uh, to find approvals. But I think the ultimate um, standard uh, is not Walter's standard. Uh, it's not Walter's boundary. I think the ultimate boundary is God's boundary. 
and if we're willing to abide by what God has um, clarified and commended in the Bible, then um, we can enjoy the blessing that God intends for us. How about this? I will say a prayer and a blessing um, for all of us, and then I'll give the time for you to just pick up and then um, sign it if you so desire. Uh, then you can bring it home. And then the afterward, then I'd like to ask Auntie Isabel to close the, close the, the whole workshop with a word of prayer. Okay? Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for always giving us a second chance. That you have promised that whoever in Christ, we are new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. And Father, personally, I do not know of any of the backgrounds of our brothers and sisters here. But you know them well. And Father, we pray that you will have your host of angels to guard them, to protect them from sexual temptation. As what we have learned today, and Father, we just pray that we can apply what we have learned in our daily living, in our walk with you, that we can keep ourselves and our body holy, acceptable to you. And Father, as our brothers and sisters are signing this commitment, And Father, may they really mean it and willing to commit to keep themselves holy and sexually abstinent until the day of their marriage. And Father, we ask that you also protect them. And you have promised that you honor those who honor you. And Father, honor them because they have honored you. And Father, thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, feel free to come and take um, a copy if you want to. And then uh, sign it, find your weaknesses. And then um, it could be uh, a very joyous moment. You don't have to be so serious, okay? So grab it, sign it, have your friends sign it, have them keep you accountable. And then afterward, Auntie Bell is going to close us in a word of prayer, okay? Let's come back here. Before Auntie Bell prays, I've heard um, comments. Uh, one of the comments is, well, sexually abstinent is easy, but sexual temptation is difficult. Um, <laughs> is it true? Um, first, it has to be, you have to define what is sexually abstinent. Um, I've heard people saying that, well, you know, what does it mean by having sex? Um, what if I don't do the last step, have the intercourse? Uh, is it okay? What if I have oral sex? Is it not having sex? So, you know, people start to draw lines and say, okay, I'm unless you have intrusion, penetration, then that is sex. 
But petting and then oral sex and all these things are not having sex. Then we have to go back to the definition of Jesus. What is having sex? Or what is immorality or adultery? It's when you lust over a woman. That is adultery. Of course, now we're not trying to say, you know, set a standard so high that you know, we will just stumble and then whatever pledge that we sign or purity ring or whatever, um, there's no effect because we're setting the standard so high. But I'm saying that the purity pledge first tells us that we should keep ourselves, our body holy, uh, abstinent from physical relationship with an opposite sex. Um, that includes in the cause that includes if your standard you put it this way include oral sex include padding or deep heavy padding um, or whatever that you and your girlfriend think is appropriate um, that aligns with the teaching of the Bible so I think uh, that, is, that is one thing um, about pornography, uh, there's a question about is this okay after marriage? And then I've even heard of married couples saying that, well, oh, I think we can watch the X-rated movie together to uh, help us enjoy sex better, uh, getting us uh, more excited. But just imagine, um, you know, after watching a movie, X-rated movie, and the couple's going to have sex. What will be in their mind? Will the husband be thinking about the wife or the husband be thinking about the lady on the screen? And it is not appropriate for a person to look at another person lustfully, whether it's before or after marriage. So pornography after marriage, is it okay? It's not okay. Will it help your marriage life and your marriage sex life? No. It will not. It will only ruin it. Because what you're doing is to use a replacement um, when you are having relationship with your wife. Um, of course, we're not married, but I want to start you early to know that when it's not appropriate before marriage, after marriage, it's not appropriate also. And uh, a lot of the, the question dealing with dating, uh, we will not have time to answer these questions, uh, but um, maybe we have another time of answer, uh, like question and Q&A session that we can talk more about it. And uh, Auntie Belle, would you like to close us in a word of prayer?